Revolution. Hey, we are back. Uh, the revolutionary is gone, so uh, bear with me as I do this poorly. This is the One Man Revolution podcast. I'm the comrade. I'm the Canadian. And you're muted. And I'm the artist. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. You, you think after three years of doing this, we'd get it down finally. No, 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 no. We, we go back and forth between in-person and Zoom all the time. It's kind of a nightmare, but that's okay. Um, we are live on Facebook, as always, uh, recording not from the bunker. Uh, we're all in our respective bunkers hiding from the overlords. Uh, uh, baby bunkers. <laughs> many bunkers. Um, it has been... As the revolutionary likes to say, 849 days. Uh, nobody knows what that means. It's two years, three months, and 29 days since legitimate power was sworn into office, uh, oh. and the Republicans are still butthurt about it. Uh, <laughs> so, with that... I'll drink to that. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a hell of a week. Um... There's a new guy, there's a new Republican who has submitted his name into the hat for into the ring for a, a presidential nomination. Um, nobody knows who he is. It's fine. Uh, Disney has uh, they threatened to pull out, and now they are, uh, which is fun. Um, the pullout game is pretty strong. Did, <laughs> I was going to say I was. I think Ariel Oh out. man, the Disney pullout game. Anyway, uh, yeah. So. Uh, don't threaten them with a good time, I guess, right? Um, so beyond that, we've got um, the debt the the debt ceiling negotiations are really going for sweeps weeks awards here. Um, it's a hell of a show. Nobody really knows what's going on, and none of it really matters uh, because it has to get done. There's no yeah. alternative to doing to not doing it. It, it must be done. Um, I, I did see. I, I think that's a good place to start the debt ceiling stuff because it's kind of a we're, we're coming up on a deadline here. It's getting interesting. It's getting it's getting kind of scary because there's a lot of people, like a lot of marginalized people, people who rely on the support of the government, who are actively looking at losing that that help. Uh, mm-hmm. Veterans, um, ho- uh, uh, assistance programs, funding for for public. Access resources. It's all a nightmare because the Republicans want to do everything they can to make anyone not a Republican look like a jackass to the people who watch Fox News. Um, so let's Which yeah, let's start hard. there. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, the Canadian had some interesting uh, uh, readings that we were discussing before before the mic yeah. went live. I was just looking. You know, people have talked about Plan Bs, right? right. What what. President Biden could do. Fourteenth Amendment says uh, full faith and credit of the United States shall not be uh, put in jeopardy or something. I forget what the words are. We can look them up. But the idea being is that defaulting then would violate the Constitution. Therefore, he has an obligation to do everything in his power to make sure. And, you know, he's in charge of the the Treasury. He can just print money. Right. Right. Well, I can't borrow any, but I can make money. Right. I can now take this. $10 $10 trillion coin I made, and we'll just, you know, take chunks of it off. And, I mean, and Biden, Biden is old school, so he probably actually knows how the presses work. Yeah, yeah, he's probably got uh, somebody drawing his, you know, one of his grandkids drawing the picture that gets stamped. Which uh, which president do you think they put on the trillion dollar coin? Uh, Obama. Because <laughs> if you're going to do that, as many might as well, right? Yeah, I couldn't think of a better one. Um, King George. 
There you go. King jo- I don't know. So, so yeah, so there's a number of, of legal experts who are saying that basically President Biden, it's, it's on him to do what is called for in the Constitution and fix this problem. Right, as the executive. And one of the things that I ran across was this thing called um, the presentment clause. Which sounds very technical, and it is. It's basically what. That's about are. Christmas, right? Yeah. If if you if you <laughs> if you're watching this show, you probably had government in high school, um, and therefore you know that Congress passes a bill in both chambers, and then it goes presented to the president for his signing, and that happens through deliberate and uh, I forget what are the words. I have to read them because they're they're kind of important it happens through uh exhaustive uh finally finally wrought and exhaustive procedure yeah that's other words did their job to write the bill in the best way they can Mm -hmm. so you've got this conflict between the debt ceiling which says hey you can't borrow any money and congress saying yeah you can spend all this money so the argument really comes down to Congress, by not writing the bill in an exhaustive and finely raw way, left this problem for the president to solve. Right. right. This is right. The president now has given an authorization to spend X number of dollars and he can't. And that's yeah. that's essentially a line item veto, which was already ruled unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not explicit. It's an implicit. You know? right. So the argument goes Congress didn't do their job. So the president. Just say you know f you and I'm going to spend this money. Yeah, and 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 a lot of it. Sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say, and and his response is sue me, and it's not really clear who could sue him. <laughs> nope, nope, by the government not crashing, right? Right. Everything see, continues to operate. Who is harmed by that? People who want it to fail, but that's not an argument you're going to make in the Supreme Court. How how am I supposed to grind my axe if the government keeps functioning? Uh, that's what I need to know. <laughs> My axe grinders will be out of work. I didn't talk about what I was drinking, so you should. You should oh, I'm go sorry. First. Yes, uh, 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 I am drinking PBR because that's what I have at home. Nice. <laughs> so I'm finishing up my uh, pre-show cocktail, which I call a White Kentucky Boy, which is a pralines and cream pralines, uh, pecan praline brandy and oat milk. And a little bit of rye. I was going to say, yeah, I thought there was some bourbon in there, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's Old Forester 151, 115 proof. Bring in the heat. Quite uh, delicious. Art, that's then, what you got there. What, I'm oh, not sorry. Done. Then I have a small Voodoo Ranger. Small, yeah, the reasonable size. Yeah. Something point two. Yeah. And I have a Coca-Cola courtesy of Mexico. Perfect. I can see the label, and that's what matters. <laughs> hey, wait! They don't—they don't sponsor us, so maybe hide the label. <laughs> yeah, they're not paying for this. Uh, well, uh, do any of the people that we drink are sponsors of the show? No, we have no sponsors. We have no money. This is a passion project. That's why we I, can do whatever we want. Yes, this is correct. Um, so the label so, will not be hidden. So I've been trying to find uh, Kevin McCarthy's debt things. Um, the, 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 what's in the, the bill? Like what, yeah, what he's been trying to push. So uh, I don't know what he's negotiating, but the bill is bad. Okay, it doesn't. It doesn't 
what he wants to pass with the debt ceiling is a 22% across the board cuts in discretionary That's right. spend. That's right. That's right. But, so, and, and again, so. and again, this isn't about budget, right? This is just increase. This is, I have a hard time keeping this stuff straight. So there's, there's the omnibus spending bills, right? Which right. is basically right. the, the operational spending money the government has. Sure. And then this is about the debt ceiling. So basically this is allocating yeah. funds to pay our debts. Is that what this is? No, they're saying you can raise, we'll raise the debt ceiling so you can borrow money to pay our bills. Okay. But in the process of doing that, we're going to amend our omnibus bill that says, mm-hmm. no, everything in there that we, that number that we gave you, you're going to reduce it by 22%. Oh, okay. Okay. So basically, you know, uh, the last two months of the year, there's no money. You right. got it. You got to go hungry for those two months. Right. Because think about it. We've already spent the, the year. Fiscal year ends in, in October. Ah. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, so it's so, an October surprise. So, so it's, it's July, September, October, or uh, uh, July, September, August, August, September, right? Yeah. Four months. Right. You've got to cut 22% of the budget right? right now. Presumably there's only one third of the budget left. Sure. Sure. So you're going to take one third, which is 33, and cut 22 percent of the whole budget. Yep. You've got 15 percent or whatever, or 11 percent now for three months, right? So you've got less than one month for four for four months, and it's it's nuts. Yeah, and and again, this isn't this isn't because of some kind of a policy uh, arrangement or anything like that. This is just. Yeah. It's purely performative. It's grandstanding. It, yeah. Exactly. It's performative. It's just the Republicans trying to make the sitting uh, administration look non-functional. Uh, right. Because you know the moment that that budget gets cut and then all the impacts hit, it's going to be nothing but the Biden administration's so losing control. They can't do this. They can't yeah. do that. Look at how Biden is hurting the veterans. Look at the police. You know. Yeah. It's like, right. no, that was yeah. Yeah. No, so as basically as I understand it is like you have a certain amount of money that you have allocated for yourself to get through the year. Yeah. And uh the debt ceiling thing is basically just a formality. If you get to the point where like the money that you have allocated for the year is running out and you don't have enough to make it to the entire year, and basically it's just like a little checkbox, it's like uh, you are running out of money. Click the box to make sure that you have enough to cover your funds for the rest of the year. Right. And it's worse they're than, just, yeah. It's literally worse than that because, <laughs> because they passed a budget knowing there was not going to be, there, it's not like they passed a budget. It's like, oh, we've got a revenue shortfall. They passed a budget without the, knowing that the revenue was not going to be there. Right. Yep. So they passed the budget knowing how much debt they are adding to our deficit, right? Or how much our deficit is going to be that adds to our debt. Yep. And and so at that point, when they passed that bill, they knew the debt ceiling was going to get hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the the why what I like about the uh, pres- present present presentment clause is ah. they they screwed their job up. They didn't do it right. Yep. Right. They, they should have raised the debt ceiling with the budget and said, oh, now we have to borrow X number of dollars. Yeah. So in order why, to cover our is, is, is the raising of the debt ceiling typically part of the omnibus bill? No. OK. That has to be a separate thing. See, it, the, the debt ceiling was done back in the day yeah. when the federal government balanced its books. Oh, OK. 
Okay. And, and it was passed because they were trying to keep the U.S. out of World War One. Mm. Usually when you fight a war, you've got to go into debt. You've got to borrow money to mm-hmm. for all your and soldiers yep. and stuff. It's expensive. But passing the debt ceiling, they could, they could pull the purse strings and keep the U.S. out of the war, which, of course, didn't work. Right. But... But ultimately, that's what the debt silly is. And so, you know, for the for the 70 years after that, it was all fine. And it wasn't until, what's his name? Uh, the, the precursor of all things bad in the United States. Oh, Ronald Reagan. Cut taxes to the bone that we started having to do all this deficit spending. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, so it was the, it was the introduction of the terrible tax policies of Reagan that, that created this because it's problem. a, it's a manufactured crisis, right? Like right. It, it shouldn't be a problem. It really isn't a problem because we could fix it tomorrow, but we have idiots who choose to make this a hill to die on. If people really wanted to solve this problem and by people, I mean, our legislatures, right? There's two, right? You, you either, get rid of the debt ceiling and say, we're just going to borrow ourselves into oblivion because who cares? It's three months. At this point, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. And, or you say, we're not going to do that. So whenever you pass a budget, we need to figure out where the revenue comes from. That and makes more that, sense to me. That's the hard decision because you've got to hurt somebody when you do that. When you say hurt somebody, you mean hurt somebody's policy making capacity? No, hurt some, somebody in the world, right? For example, Oh, we need to raise money. Where is this money going to come from? Well, it comes from the corporations and citizens of the United States of America. Okay. Right. Right. Until, until we can tax people in China, we're getting <laughs> it from America. Right. 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 So if you say, hey, we need to raise an extra trillion dollars off of our 300 million Americans, right? Well, that's a lot of money per mm-hmm. American, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now you've got to come up with a way to cover that money. Through corporate taxes, right. tax, all that, all that other mechanism, and that hurts people in the U.S. Now you can do that without hurting ninety percent of the people in the U.S., but uh, there's lack of will because that ten percent that would get hurt mm-hmm. give all kinds of money own Congress. They, they own right? they own Washington. Yeah, yeah. And they own Supreme Court justices <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So it's it's not. It doesn't ever happen because of that. So we just keep writing the check. And then whenever uh, Democrats are president, the Republicans go, oh, look at all this deficit. And whenever Republicans go, ooh, free money, let's spend it. Yeah, let's give it to our rich friends. Tax cuts I mean, and jobs act. I mean, how many how many people this year how many people this year have you have you talked to that complained about the lack of money that they saw in the refund? Yeah. You know, everybody, because everybody. because they reduced the amount of withholdings from your paycheck, which means you're getting more of your paycheck, but it also means that, you know, whatever taxes you do pay, you don't get that back. And odds are you're going to owe money at the end of the year because they haven't taken everything they should have taken out. But but honestly, the average person doesn't notice 10 bucks a week. In no, paycheck. true. But but like for me, but my they- my refund was about two thirds less than it normally is. So like I lost a sixty I lost sixty seven percent of what I expected in my refund. Right. And that's what you I was know. gonna say. Yeah. The, the average person notices six hundred bucks, but not ten ten bucks yeah, a week. Right, yeah. Five yeah, exactly. The five hundred and twenty dollars over the year, right. Right. Then you yep. would oh like five hundred bucks back. Yeah, great. Or hey, where to go? Yep. And 
So that so, was and, 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 and a lot of people and, and a lot of people budget on that. You know, they they make plans based on that tax return. Like uh, when I when I worked in apartments, uh, April was the beginning of when people started moving because they got their tax refund, and that was that was their their initial funding to mm-hmm. afford a move. Yep. And if you're budgeting for that and you don't get it, all of a sudden you're missing a thousand dollars or whatever, and it's like, oh crap! Now what? Because when, when I worked, when I worked at the Women's Resource Center, it was the ah, same thing. Oh, sure. All these women were essentially homeless, but they all had jobs. They just right. didn't have the two thousand dollars, probably three thousand dollars now, to get into an apartment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a chunk of change, and it's you know, if you've got a bad credit, which these people probably do, it's even more than that. And so the tax returns would come around. They'd get their $2,500 tax return because they had a zero deduction. And then they get in the apartment. I mean, it literally, in April, everybody moved out yep. and every bunch of new people came in. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a bit like, it's one of those things where, you know, you're going to hear a lot of well, what they're just not budgeting for. It. It's like, yeah, but when you do the same thing for 30 years and then one year all of a sudden it's totally different, and there's no and there's nobody bringing well, this up in advance, right? There's nobody and, and, saying, "Hey, next year on your taxes, you're not going to get this kind of refund," right? And the bill that was passed was passed, you know, four years ago, right? right yeah, 2017. Yeah, five yeah. years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is now it kicking in when the guy who did it is like, "Ah, look at him." Yeah, it was it was literally a time bomb. It was set up to take effect after after either after his reelection or after losing the office. And right. in doing that, it makes the next guy look bad. Right. Um, and if he was in office, he wasn't going to care. But well, if he, he wasn't in it. office, then he also didn't care. You know, like he, it's a win-win for him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it, it, what? It's it, it's it's the same. It's the same thing we're seeing here in Florida with Ron DeSantis literally setting the state on fire to push a political agenda for the nation. Um, yeah, it's it is it's. I mean, um, to talk about finances and impact on people, uh, Disney apparently had a billion dollar office complex that they were planning <laughs> to break ground on sometime in the next year. They've pulled the plug on. Like, All right, cool. Uh, you don't want us anywhere. Any other state is happy to take a billion dollar construction project from Disney. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, they're who says no to that? Out. They're going to do it on their campus in California. Oh, is that what they're doing? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. What they were doing is they're going to move a bunch of people mm-hmm. into a brand new uh, studio facility. Mm-hmm. Writers. Yeah. It was It was going to bring potentially 2,000 new jobs to the area. We don't need take that. Take 2,000 in California. It wasn't going to – I don't know how many – Florida people it would have employed, but it would have brought a couple thousand more people here. Right. It, it would have created opportunities for the vacancies created by the people that didn't want to move from California. There, there's also the construction jobs, right? They're not, yeah, the, the, the construction jobs, they're not permanent, but for the next year, two, mm-hmm. three years, that's, that's mm-hmm. a, a few thousand people with work that don't, right. we don't get it now. But also the maintenance jobs and network yeah, jobs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Facilities and stuff. The yeah. creative people may move, but but the infrastructure people are going to get hired. They're locally. local. Yep. Yep. And and because because DeSantis can't see past the end of his own nose, he has in many ways see, he's he's actively submarining our entire economy. 
Yeah, because because okay. the Florida economy, the Florida produces nothing. Any, we mm-hmm. don't we don't make anything. Maybe there's we got EA and we got a couple of like creative pursuits that make stuff, but we don't have physical industry. Right. Uh, Good. We, we we make headlines with stupid people it's our major export our, our primary export is looking like idiots yeah good uh, <laughs> our primary export is public stupidity uh, mm. uh yeah canadian the, the things that we do export can be done anywhere exactly exactly you know the 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 studio stuff there's lots of studios that would love to have it. You, it's hard to move, but if you can't hire people because your community is not welcome, then yeah, you're going to move. Yep. Right. Um, if you, oh, I was just going to say like in my industry is very, because, because it is basically has a long history of what's the right word I'm looking for. Misogyny. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, there's a huge, uh, push on inclusiveness and diversity and you know it's a bunch of young white guys so right. you've got to try to make sure people are aware that there are other people in the world besides young white guys and there, there's a lot of work of that which is now illegal in florida yeah so yeah it's, yeah. it's probably going to move here to do that probably not no everything everything is- like a, oh sorry no. in addition to oh in addition to the construction and like the bringing of all of these jobs to florida uh you got to take into consideration that with the current social climate in florida there's a number of like who knows how many people living in california would even want to come to florida for you know just because florida is such a hostile environment to people living their own lives i can tell you right now that we saw a massive influx of californians to florida during COVID. A yes. massive influx. But remember, California is the most populous state in the country. Therefore, it has the mm-hmm. most conservatives. Mm-hmm. It has the most conservatives of any state in the country. And when yeah. they start leaving, they go to places like Texas and Florida and Georgia. Um, so, yes, uh, uh, the previous gubernatorial election 2018 in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis won by a very small margin. He then proceeded to kill off that margin in COVID and then replenish it with transplants from other states like Texas and, and California uh, mm-hmm. and, and New York. You know, a lot of people who were unhappy with COVID precautions in their state left to come here where we didn't yeah. have any restrictions. Nobody cared here. So we've added uh, basically since 2015, we've been adding at least a quarter million people a year to our population. Um, yeah. It's, it's been a we're, we've been on a tear. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as we like to say, you know, any sitting le- political leader is not responsible for the economic performance of the area that they're in. All they can do is get it yeah. away. Florida's economy has looked tremendous because of how many people have been moving here. Um, yeah. But in no way has Ron DeSantis added to that or helped in any way. All he's done yeah. is get in the way of that. He's slowed it down. He's prevented yeah. things from growing in the way it should. Uh, even even when you consider all of this mm-hmm. transplant stuff, like the the people coming into the state could be bringing a lot more than they are, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what I was getting at is like if you're a creative professional working at a company like Disney in right. Southern California, yep. uh, do you want to? There's a well, there's a, there's a high chance that you may be a member of the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. and like. Am I gonna want to move to a state where my existence is illegal? 
you know, you may be a minority. You may be a any number of uh, uh, yeah, not a non anybody who isn't yeah. a straight white dude, basically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, basically. I I would point out that uh, straight white dudes or straight white families are also at risk because sure. he is destroying the education system in Florida. Yep. yep. So no. so you already got you, you're we're at, we're at forty seven and going down, yep. right? We're like the only yep. bottom state that's not trying to do better we've hit the bottom and started digging you want to move here with your kids going to start school knowing that you you may not have any you may be taught by a a retired vet or retired police officer Mm -hmm. in your classroom teaching your kids english calculus yeah maybe he's from brooklyn and they can't understand (laughs) could you imagine yeah but but that's who's going to want to, I mean, you're, that's a consideration. I'm going to move here. It's a good job, but yeah, I don't want to take my kids out of the schools because they suck. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a thing. It's an aspect of fascism that we haven't really discussed much in the show, which is weird. Brain drain. In yeah. fascist states, the most capable people leave. They get the hell out. There's no, like, if you have means and you have, uh, connections, you're going to get out. Uh, uh, look, look at Germany in the 20s, right? In, in, in the 1920s, hundreds of absolutely brilliant researchers, most of the Jewish persuasion, left. They, they, we got Einstein out of it. We got a number of other incredible uh, uh, researchers and scientists out of it that Germany could have had, but because of who they were and what they did, they lost a lot of talent. Look at Russia. Look, look at the Soviet Union. With Stalin, Stalin, through his iron-fisted power power grabs, eliminated anybody who could be potential competition. Therefore, they lost all of their smartest people. It, it, it is a direct consequence of fascist policy that you have a brain drain, either through leaving or through reduction of capable people. And if you don't care about sustainability, cool. But if you want to build a lasting and impactful uh, structure system – you can't right. do that. It doesn't work. And the corollary to that is you end up with comp- incompetence at the top because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you end up with people whose sole uh, sole purpose is to survive in the system. Yeah, their right? their entire not, their entire capacity yeah. is political acumen, not actually doing yeah. stuff. Doing doing what they're good at. Yep. So yep. Yeah. It's so it's like a weird political Peter principle. <laughs> Well, you see that you got in Florida. Look at our yeah. attorney, our, our uh, what is it, Surgeon General, who's just a total quack, and mm-hmm. somebody else got promoted and is is completely unfit for the. Oh, the the board for Disney, the replacement board, is a bunch of yeah. hacks. Yep, they're all yeah, they're all political appointees. They're all not actually capable people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, flun- flunkies, sycophants, whatever you want to call them, they are people who who deliberately don't have skill and, and do not add to anything. Right. The, the Disney board's a great example, actually, when you think about it, because they weren't appointed to be effective. They were appointed to suck at their job and make Disney's job impossible. Right. And that's right. not, that's not effective. If, so that's the thing, right? Like, and, and, and according to uh, anecdotally, a lot of individuals who have worked in or around Ron DeSantis have, are far, they've all said the same thing about him. His skin is about as thick and durable as a piece of copy paper. Like he, he can't forget any slight. He has so much ego 
and he can't tolerate anybody not seeing him the way he sees himself, that he just goes over, he just, he gets beside himself, making sure that he reestablishes him as the boss, which means if you piss him off or insults him or anything, you're out. So he's not surrounded by anybody who in any way challenges him to grow and improve and become a better leader. He's surrounded by yes men uh, Mm -hmm. who all love thigh food. It's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, look, look at his look at his campaign slogan. Right. Don't back down. And and that's just no. That's not. That's I can't not believe a, he's not being sued by Tom Petty's life. estate. But like that's that's Tom atrocious. But but you know that's what he's doing with Disney. He's doubling down. down. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it's not going to go well with him. He's already he's already got his targeted. Uh, uh, advertisements from his opponents in the Republican primary. They're already queued up about oh, yeah. how he destroyed jobs in Florida. And, yeah. you know, look at the insurance rates. He's done nothing to it. He's getting incompetent, but he'll just have all kinds of people talking about how incompetent he is because he is, and everybody hates him. Well, that's, that's what's so fascinating to me. And, and that's where from a, from a nihilistic standpoint, I'm really looking forward to this, Republican primary, <laughs> just to, just to see how much they try to just destroy each other, getting through the primaries. Like because we know we know Donnie doesn't pull punches. We know Donnie's just a bully and an asshole. Embrace um, the shit show. <laughs> yeah, but but he has fun with it, right? So he's mm-hmm. he's entertaining if if that's your thing. Uh, DeSantis is a small man with a small with a with a big ego. And and very little tolerance for bullying. So I can't wait to see him get the Rubio treatment, you know, on a debate stage. Could, like, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, I, I'll be surprised <laughs> if, if, if uh, Ron – what did I came up with? Ron the Ron Sandwich is, is okay. But Ron the Sandwich. Ron the Stan. Ron Destructus. Like, like Afghanistan, he's Ron Stan. Um, and, uh, if he's going to, to, to even get on the stage with anybody because he is so, gets so aggravated. And when he gets aggravated, he looks like a fool. And he sounds like a fool. He sounds like a petulant child. Right. And, and, and that's just going to look bad. Yep. You know, I, so I think he's going to, his handlers will have him avoid it and he just, he'll just. People will call him a coward, and the, that'll be the end of it. The RNC has officially pulled out of all debates. Is that correct? I don't forward? know. Uh, I seem to recall something to that effect where they don't want their constituents to think that they're incompetent by speaking. That's that's not that's not primary debates. I think that's just general. Oh, it, it, okay, interesting. Our, okay, hang on. Yeah. Because I think there's a one... Uh, Dolt 45 said that he would do one debate. Okay, so the RNC, as of April of last year, <laughs> says, uh, okay, uh, this NPR headline reads, Republicans say they're quitting the biased commission on presidential debates. Right. So basically the Republicans aren't participating in establishing presidential debates going forward. So we probably won't see them uh, for 2024, which is, we don't want a side-by-side comparison of somebody who's competent versus our guy. (laughs) That committee on presidential debates is for post-primary election. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's, that's Republican versus Democrat bits. 
so we'll see we'll see primary debates. There will be negotiations on setup, and and yep. Yep. it'll be interesting to see what happens. But even even just the the stump speeches are going to be are going to be hilarious. Oh oh yeah, it's again I I. I've uninstalled Twitter. I'm not inter- interacting with the platform, but come Republican primaries, I- I'm going to be looking on Twitter. It's going to be a good time. Also, yeah. uh, the TikTok shade is going to be legendary. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. So let's talk about Twitter for a second. Ah. I have just a set of following of people on Twitter, right? right. They're news people or or analysis people that look into mm-hmm. a particular subject or science people. And I have started to know, usually there'd be, somebody would say something and there'd be this discussion and there might be somebody being a troll. Right Now they say something and it's nothing but trolls. So all of the people that used to use Twitter to have this informed, ask questions or disagree or post a counterpoint Mm -hmm. are gone and it's just full. So I'm like... I was not affected by the Twitter troll culture until like maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. Say like I, I never, the, the very small aspects of Twitter that I used didn't have trolls really. I would yeah. now every now and again, I dabble into the sports side of Twitter, which is always in yeah. there. You just don't read the comments. That's fine. Um, yeah. It's the YouTube rules, but generally speaking, I, I had said, you know, the same, like I, I didn't see much in the way of Twitter trolls because I, I was in a weird niche aspect of Twitter that was just like strange military intelligence updates and shit like that. And it's, it was a nice place to be and now it's gone. And, and the way, the way they've changed it as well, the whole for you versus following thing has made it more difficult to interact with the the people and the things that you want to interact with. It's, it's not, it's not a friendly place anymore. I, I get a feed and I'll get somebody else's promoted tweet in it. And even though I'm not supposed to, I, I just ignore all that stuff. It's, it's the, the vitriol that comes through. Oh, sure. That, that, you know, I literally started to block people. Most of them have blue check marks, which is hilarious. And I just started to block them and advertise. And sometimes like, why am I, I'm, I'm on this platform because I like what those people say and I don't know where to get right. it consolidated in that one view. Right. I also heard, uh, because it's just a fun, sorry, you just reminded me, uh, people with blue check marks have started uploading hundreds of hours of high quality video because the storage cost of that data is way higher than the $8 a month they're paying for that check mark. (laughs) Somebody with the blue check mark is uploading, uh, 4k quality, every Disney movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. It's like, uh, what's the, Disney going to do? The data processing is incredible. Wait, so wait, what, could Disney not just have it taken down? Like, I, I, I don't know. They haven't. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, they hadn't as of, as of Wednesday. So, yeah. Um, I should I should find it. But yeah, there was there was the thing. How is this still up here? And you could watch Little Mermaid in 4K. Well, it's not 4K by the time, uh, yeah, Twitter gets done with it. But it apparently was 4K going up. That's hilarious. I'm gonna have to find that because I, I I heard somebody was doing that. I didn't know that. W- those are the details. That's incredible. But yeah, I mean, it it reminds me of like y- you get a letter in the mail f- with a with a a prepaid 
stamped envelope to pay your bill back to some company in the, in the form of like five or seven dollars. So you just fill it with coins, and the mm-hmm. cost of shipping back is way higher than the than the bill yeah. amount because they pay by weight. Uh, it's 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 stuff like that. It's like you didn't think you really didn't think that through, did you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um, what else you got going on this week? Uh, oh, oh yeah. So, um, Tim Scott of South Carolina is a senator has officially announced his presidential bid. I don't, I don't know why. I've never heard of him. He's a he is a Republican senator from South Carolina. Yeah. He, he is doing it for the money. Oh, okay. Just for the grift. Yeah. Doing it for the grift. Because he, he's not he's not going to win. Um, yeah, of course not. Yeah. But but who's he grift? Nobody's heard of him. I don't know. Whatever. Well, people in South Carolina has. Yeah. My brother in law's in town. I'm going to ask him. He's from South Carolina. Yeah. Who, who knows if he'll like him or not? But, Probably not, but, but it'll be, I'm curious. Yeah. No, it, it's, um, he, he is, he's won in Republican South Carolina. So that gives him a leg up in presidential election, kind of, you know, yeah. now he's not a reasonable man. He is not particularly uh, a good senator. He's he's pretty much, you know, radical Republican down the line. That's okay. why he's still. Is he is he MAGA or is he just hard right? He's just hard right. Got it. So not as toxic, but pretty bad. Yeah. Um, he's uh, all the conservative things that I, I call them conservative, but they're not conservative. They're not taking away rights from people is not conservative. It's just fascist. All uh, for that. Uh, so another another person that nobody's ever heard of running for president in the uh, Republican ticket is Vivek Ramaswamy. Mm. Who is a thirty-seven-year-old entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I heard that he's uh, not for the grift. I don't think. No, he he, he sounds based on what I've, uh, based on the very quick reading I've done, he sounds a lot like uh, the universal basic income guy from twenty twenty um, from New York. Nobody remembers his name, and that's how well his campaign went. Andrew Yang. There you go, the math guy. Um, yeah. Sounds like Andrew yeah. Yang. You know, like he's got a, he's got a hard set of principles, and he feels like this is his time, and he's gonna see what he can do with that set of principles. And uh, look, a- anybody who can get the nod over Donnie is is a win. In my book, outside of DeSantis, who is just Donnie but smarter. I guess. If, if- no, he's not smarter. He, he's Donnie, but less capable in all in actuality. Yeah, I, I guess the Donnie, but smarter was before he actually opened his mouth. It was one of like the potential is there, and then he started doing stuff, and everybody was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> he is Donnie, but evil. Sure, Donnie not evil. Donnie is is chaotic neutral. Oh, he's chaotic right. evil. Let's be honest. No, he does. It's evil. Evil is deliberate. He doesn't. He just doesn't care about anybody. Wait, no, but when he called the Supreme Court finding on Roe v. Wade a victory, yeah, but that's because he raised money off it. He's just in it for himself. Donnie doesn't care about anybody but himself. 
That's what malignant narcissists are all about. So it's hard to say that he's going to do anything that's deliberately evil. If it benefits him, he's good. If he thought he was going to die from climate change, he would be doing something about it. Donnie J as chaotic neutral might be the hottest take we've ever had on this podcast. I'm trying to wrap my brain around it, and it's hard to... The neutral. Chaotic, yes. Neutral, ah. Uh, he is a populist. I, I love this. I, uh, so I, yeah. I think the neutral part is just due to his incompetence. Like uh, no. the, the incompetence of his administration... Like he has all the intent, but no like movement. I, think, I don't think he has the intent to be no. evil. That's that's my take. He's not intending to be evil. He's just doing stuff that's selfish, and it turns out to be evil. He is literally taking an entire bowl. He's he's taken an entire bowl of spaghetti, and just yeah. slung it across a whole room. And whatever but, sticks he's running with, there is no you know, there's no thought, there's no plan. He's, he's a pure populist. I would put it different. He's taken a whole slew of spaghetti and slung it across the room because he's got a cleaning service that he wants to employ. <laughs> right? It's not about causing damage. It's not about hurting anybody. It's not about making a mess. It's about making money. No, that was that was just throwing against the wall and see what sticks, <laughs> but bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Donnie J, the chaotic neutral gremlin. That's. <laughs> I I have a new D and D campaign character now. Oh no! Oh no! Okay. Uh, anyway, I tell you what, that Gizmo guy, I never heard of him. <laughs> hey, look, let's make a deal. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So so, uh, yeah. There's a bunch of people. Th- President Biden has officially announced his intent to run for uh, re-election. Do we think anyone's going to primary that, or is that just going to roll? It's just going to roll. That sucks. It, um, it does, but nobody feels they can beat him. I mean... That sucks. You know who I would really like to primary uh, Joe Biden? Who? Dark Brandon. Yeah. I, f- I feel like if we get a second term of an 85-year-old man in pre- in, as the president, we're going to get just Dark Brandon. Like, I'm going to burn it down because what are you going to do? I'll probably die midterm. Like, so, so this, is, this is inappropriate, mm-hmm. but if you follow the news this week, then, then you know, Dianne Feinstein's going to primary him. No, no, no. She primaried him last time, and she won. <laughs> <laughs> She's just not sure where, where it is. How how old is she? Is she eighty eight? Yeah, I don't know. She's old. She's oh. very old. So the reason why the Canadian brought that up is because she's been gone from Congress for months, dealing with a particularly bad bout of shingles. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. So she's been gone for a long time. Um, yeah. She's been absent. She hasn't been casting votes. She's been staying at home, just recovering, which is that's fine. But a lot of people have been asking for her to step down from her seat because she's not working and she's old. Like. Bow and, and she's, she's on an important committee that can't do anything because she's not there. Correct. So everyone's like, look, just get out. And then there's a lot of weird ageism and feminism conversations that came about because of it, which is neither here nor there. And then this week, uh, she was speaking with, a, with a, a, a reporter who asked her about her time away, and she goes, I was never gone. I've, I've been yeah. here the whole time. 
I've been on the floor. <laughs> right, I've been here voting is what she said. And and it's like, oh no, Diane, just just tap out, just call it while you have your dignity. Just leave. Yeah, she's eighty nine. Yeah. And 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 the thinking is there's a New York Times article which is behind a paywall so I couldn't read it. Uh, but indicated that she had other medical problems besides shingles. Like maybe that was the reason, and they said shingles. Like that people think she. Yeah, had I mean that that growth. happens. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, they just didn't want that public, so they came up with shingles. Um, I mean, shingles so is pretty debilitating, especially when you're damn near ninety. So. Yeah. No, I I I. I said the benefit of the doubt, but then yep. when she shows up and has no mental capacity, you kind of wonder if maybe there wasn't something else going on. And and and, the, and we're in a weird spot because the Democrats can't kick her off the committee because then a Republican could take the spot, and we can't have that. So yep. what do you do? Uh, I mean, yep. her... She, if she, she resigns, they can replace her, but right. they, can't, they can't replace her without it, yep. if she's still around. Correct. Is, is she from California? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she represents 40 million people as opposed to, like, North Dakota, which represents 600,000 people. Right. But but also, I mean, that's – that – that – I, that would be a contested seat. That'd be a that'd be a blue seat through and through, right? Yeah, right. So, pick a decent person who's youngish and throw them up and call them the replacement, and off you go. It's it's, it's yeah. Get her out. I have a special team. They do that all the time. Yeah. Give her the hook. Yeah. But um, on the other hand, if anybody has dealt with uh, an elderly uh, family member or friend who is in the throes of dementia, mm-hmm. they don't know it. Mm-hmm. And that people tend to be very resistant to, no, I'm perfectly capable of driving. It's like, right. no, you're not. No, you, you drove for three hours and got lost in your own neighborhood yesterday. You're yeah, not allowed you to drive you, anymore. You you smashed the car twice backing down the driveway. Yeah. You're not okay to drive. Not good. Very I not did good. not. The same kind of reaction. So, yeah, getting her to, to resign is going to have to be sort of somebody else does it for her. Yeah, I mean, I also wonder if maybe her aides are just able to like act for her, and and I, I don't I don't know exactly how that works because because I know you can vote, you can absentee vote through your voting, aides, but not, I think the committee assignments for judiciary she has to be there. Oh, for the committee, yeah. Um, it's a mess. Everything yeah. sucks. Um, yeah. let's see. I know we had other stuff going on. Uh, the school start times are changing in Florida. Um, fun. that's a well done for later. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Okay. I don't know if you guys have done any reading in this. I haven't. Uh, before I do that, artist, what you got? Uh, there is a TikTok ban in Minnesota, like a full on ban. No, not not Minnesota. Oh. One of the Montana. M states, Montana. Oh, well, yeah. it's Montana, of course. Uh, but that was also government devices. I don't think they can block it from the internet in Montana. I think it was they blocked it for all devices. What? They just upright banned t- I mean, it's something they can't stand. Montana. Uh, it's Montana. Let's see here. Montana's TikTok ban is unconstitutional. Hang on. Let, I, I, okay. I'll put that link in the show notes from NPR. Montana becomes the first state to ban TikTok. Yeah, that's not how the internet works. 
you people are so incredibly stupid. Anyway, um, I've been seeing headlines about the, the governor of the state of Florida signing a bill that allows trans children to be taken from parents. Yep. Yep. What do we know about that? Because that sounds insane. So what they've done is they've declared that treatment for trans, the gender-affirming care, right, is child abuse. Okay. And then because you are providing gender-affirming care to your child, you're abusing your child, and they can take them away. Ah. So the identification of a child as trans is not the problem necessarily. No. Gender-affirming care of a minor, that's the problem. Got it. Because Acknowledging that your child is trans is probably the problem because you are affirming their identity as trans. So, okay, so, it, so it's let's... particular to medical care. Yeah. Right. It, medical care for minors, which is a whole thing. Yeah. And, and remember, in this particular instance, to my understanding, the, the primary form of gender-affirming care for a minor are puberty blockers. Yeah. Which are inherently... <laughs> Not well, harmful. Right. It is It is therapy. Right. And puberty blockers. Both of those things. Oh, just therapy. Child abuse. Therapy is child abuse. Gender-affirming therapy is child abuse. You can go to therapy because you're depressed, but they can't talk about... Doctor, I'm depressed because depressed. I'm, I'm a woman stuck in a man's body. I didn't no, hear you that. Can't you can't say that. <laughs> We'll talk about how you feel like you might be a zebra. Right, right, yeah. Let's use let's use analogies. It's <laughs> let's, let's, let's no, it's 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 a crazy law. It's insane. Somebody, the worst thing is is if you are like say you're divorced or you've got parents that live in Massachusetts where gender affirming care of a minor is allowed, but you live in Florida and the child is getting care in a state where it's legal, right. they can go abduct your child. Or, legally. or let's say, I don't know, you're traveling from out of state yeah. to yeah. vacation in, in the happiest Florida. place on earth, yeah. Disney World in Florida. And while you're there, you're providing your child with a gender-affirming care medication you've been legally provided by your doctor in your home state. And then but, they find out about it, that child can be taken. Exactly. So thank literally, you, literally uh, insane. Ron De, De, DeStan, um, for destroying tourism in Florida, the only industry we have. Yeah. That's yeah. God. On the other hand, the parks will be less crowded. <laughs> Shorter lines. There we go. Uh, oh, I man. Love that, I love that that is like one of our go-to default jokes is shorter lines at the rides. <laughs> it's, oh, Jesus. Uh, um, so, yeah, so, uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to discuss? I didn't know what, uh, what the artist thought about the writer strike. Oh, good point. Good question. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think that it has resulted in some remarkable signs. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I if I mentioned this in the last show, but um, one of my favorites was um, "Without Writers, Succession is just The Apprentice." Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, there's been many, many very, mm-hmm. very good signs. That's for sure. Uh, oh, I can say that um, that the strike may be uh, expanding because there is speculation that actors will be joining in. A number right. of actors already have. Um, yeah. But the but the Screen Actors Guild may go on strike in support of good writers. Yeah, good. I mean, like let's talk about it. Right, this is an industry that is worth hundreds of billions of dollars easily um that isn't it's not necessary but it's great to have and it's great to make sure that the people who are part of it continue to do it and can afford to continue to do it part of it part of it is this with all of the new chat gpt and bing and everything uh the ai bots a lot of studios have been exploring having ai help create scripting and that's one of the primary th- issues I understand that they're they're striking on is is making sure that the studios enact a policy that does not allow for AI script writing at all, um, which is good. We we don't we don't need computer we don't need AI getting into that stuff. That, um, that's just called reruns, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, what was it? There was that one cartoon on Twitch or whatever that was basically a Seinfeld animation, but it was all AI. Yeah, yeah, like that's. I, that's fun. Nobody is writing it, so it's okay. But but if we're looking at like supplemental writing to re- to reduce mm-hmm. the negotiating capacity of the of the writers guild, then we have a serious problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, w- I would encourage you if you haven't already, since we are currently on the topic and it's relevant, uh, watch She Hulk. <laughs> uh yeah. On on Disney Plus. Uh, no spoilers or anything, but you should definitely watch that. But uh, anyway, uh, as far as like uh, the writer's strike, uh, talking about AI, there is definitely a potential for, like, especially if you're if it's going down the same road as the uh, the art, like the visual art, uh, copyright issues. Like, say you've got you've trained your AI to read all of Aaron Sorkin's work. Right. And, and write like Aaron Sorkin, yeah. You can write like Aaron Sorkin, but like you're one, you're putting Aaron Sorkin out of work. And two, uh, it's quite possible that your AI can just straight up outright plagiarize Aaron Sorkin. Well I would argue and this is this is where we're getting into really interesting mm-hmm. you know, ownership of rights issues with AI is mm-hmm. if you have a bot that models after, you know, Sorkin and Joss Whedon and, and some of the other legendary screenwriters and mm-hmm. then make scripting, the r- portions of that revenue should go to the people that you modeled your bot after, yes? Like, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's not original work. That's emulative work. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, a human being can, can do the same thing, but, but we're not we, – we don't – it's not a model, right? Like, when I when – I, create a D&D campaign or, 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 or a session or whatever, I pull from a lot of different pieces of material and sources and concepts, but I come up with an, a completely original idea and an original story, original characters pulled from what I know about what makes a good story, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I'm copying anybody. It doesn't mean I'm using something that somebody else has already done. It just means, well, I know this is an effective storytelling method. I'm going to use that. Uh, and I don't think that is anywhere near plagiarism. No, no. And that's not what AI does, right? AI right, exactly. is trained to copy. Yep. To mimic. Work. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we, we've gotten we're going to get to the point and we're sort of already there i think i think the compute power is too high to make this commercial at the moment mm-hmm. where where you don't need actors either right right where you can take an essentially ai render there was a video with with tom cruise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i almost called him ted cruise but but it was tom cruise and he's talking and it's it's very believable that that is Tom Cruise. You have to look mm-hmm. for the rendering flaws mm-hmm. in order to say, no, this isn't right. And, but if you did that and made a movie, you probably would have to pay Tom Cruise for it because yeah, it's his likeness. And the same thing with writing, you are using, you are literally using that likeness directly using the likeness because you trained your AI on all of these writers. I mean, the other one too, that I was just thinking, I I remember hearing in passing is, uh, uh, audio books. They're looking to use AI voices Mm -hmm. to read the books. So they don't have to pay a person, right? You just, you can just crank out crazy amounts of audio books. If you don't have to have a person read it. Um, but you're putting voice actors out of work. It's not even that if you've ever, so, Audiobooks for me were were because I used to read novels like mm-hmm. they were going out of style. I loved reading the books, and then I started listening to the books, and I realized that what you're listening to isn't just a voice. It's just is it's not text to voice, right? It's a performance. Mm-hmm. The person is is applying emphasis. They're providing dramatic tension. They're increasing or decreasing their pacing, their volume. It is a it is a radio performance that you are listening oh. to. Oftentimes they will they will affect different voices. They'll yeah. change their pitch. Yeah. They'll ch- give themselves an accent. It's incredible stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing. And AI can't do that. There's no way AI can do that. It, it may, maybe it'll it'll have like an eighty percent hit rate. You know, it'll get mm-hmm. the majority of a novel pretty well done. But it, it, AI can imitate an existing voice actor, right? Mm-hmm. With an existing but again, script, you're getting into this. Yep. Into the problem of your stealing that benefit from yep. that app. Now, right? now with a large enough sample, uh, like so, if you took if you took every audiobook read by uh, a male identifying voice and created the average male voice, right? That's not modeling out after any one person. That's not specific. Mm-hmm. That's nothing, right? That's just a voice. Uh, and right. then the reading comes from the text written by the author, which is the normal licensing but, stuff. But, but the, you won't get the you'll get you'll get you'll get flat. You know, you'll get a monotone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or even if even if you sort of learn the average inflection, you'll get an average reading, right? It won't. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it, right? Like I don't think it's good. Like more audiobooks of a lower quality isn't going to, isn't a good thing. More books no. of higher quality is what you want. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, as, as an audible subscriber, because yep. I, I drive to the, the Northern bunker fairly frequently and audiobooks are great for that drive. I right. don't listen to books that are read poorly. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, in, fact, in fact, I kind of almost don't care what the book is if it's read in an interesting manner. Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree with that. You know, some stories I gravitate to, but there are ones that I, you know, listen to the segment. Oh, that sounds good. And then when I get in the in the car, it's like, oh, this is terrible, and I don't, I just don't listen to it. Um, yep. So it's, it's all about finding a good reading, and if it's just vanilla bland, what's what's the point? Yeah, it, no, it's the um, the Dark Tower books are a good example of a of an okay read. 
You know, like the mm-hmm. the, the the narrator, or the the uh, reader. Yeah, I guess I don't know, reader. Good. Yeah, the but voice actor. Um, they're no, they're pretty good, but they're not. I've heard so much better. Yeah. <laughs> that it's it's again right. It, it's a you drink the hundred and twenty dollar bourbon, you can't go back to drinking the twenty dollar bourbon, right? Like once you but, get the good stuff, it's really hard to go back. Whether you liked the stories or not, the Harry, the person who read Harry Potter. Which one? Did the the American the, guy? Or Stephen all of, Fry? All of the, I don't know what his name is, but he did all the voices in the in the eight books of Harry the, Potter. So seven books, I the, guess. The American distribution of the audiobooks are read by some dude I don't know. The British distribution was read by Stephen Fry. And he yeah. did an awesome job with those books. I got my hands on a copy of those. Yarhar. Um it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Such was the summer of our discontent. Jim, Jim Dale is the person who reads the books that I, and yes. he is very, very good. Is he? Okay. Okay. Yeah. He does. He does all the voices. He's very consistent. Yep. Different, different. You know who, you know, who's speaking simply by the voice and his reading and he does a very good job. Yeah. Um, uh, my my go to is Michael Kramer, who reads all of Brandon Sanderson's books. Um, yeah. he is like awesome. That. He's got he's got the deep booming god voice. He's got he he does a variety of different you know, high and low voices, male male voices, what female voices. He, he, he's everywhere. He's incredible. His diction is phenomenal. His his dramatic emphasis is on point. It's amazing. Like in his in Michael Kramer is the reason why I came to understand. Audiobooks are a performance, not just a reading. It's it's awesome, and there is maybe in twenty years AI will get there, but not now because humans can understand when they read words what those words mean in dramatic context, and computers definitely can't do that yet. There's no way. In in his Way of Kings series, the woman who also reads in there is quite good. Oh, um, uh, Kate, yeah. what's her name? Yeah, I'm trying to find it out. Um, Hang on. Uh, I can I can tell you um, a book series that I really enjoy, uh, the Dresden Files. Yeah, he's good uh, the too. Audi- the audio books are actually read by James Marsters, who played Spike on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's Michael Kramer and Kate Reading. Kate Reading, yeah. Kate Reading. They're, they're both very good. Yes. So I agree, and and they replaced. There's a short story thing in that same Dresden world, and they replaced. Marston with somebody else, and the complaints are through the roof. Really? But I would say the recording quality on those books is subpar. Ah. Like, I I love those books, and I was going to listen to them in the car, but there's enough background noise in the car that you need a crisp recording, and and it it's hard. I have to turn the volume, like, all the way to max yep. to hear what he's saying, oh. because it's not a he's not he's a good speaker but he's not a, a, a crisp speaker i guess yeah. for the recording i had the same problem with uh critical role because you know everyone lost their shit about critical role three or four years ago and i was like all right cool it's on it was on youtube i don't know where it is now but also they released a podcast i was like great i'll listen to the podcast it's like a room mic it like if you go to episode one and listen to it it's like one room mic and you get all the sounds and all the crawl. It's a nightmare. You cannot listen to it. And I think it's one of those things where you just kind of have to like skip ahead three or four seasons until they got the budget to do it right. But right. it's not hard to do. Like this podcast shows you could do it right for not a lot of money. 
but I don't, uh, and, I'm and super honest, picky about audio quality. It's got to be good. Yeah. Got to be good. To be honest, I only did the Storm season, the first one, and then I said I can't listen yeah. to this, and I didn't buy any of the later ones. Yeah. I, they might need better recordings. Um, I, don't I, I don't know. I get, I did the same thing. I started from like, I'm like, if I'm going to do this right, I'm going to do it from the beginning. And I was like, nah, this is trash. Um, yeah. yeah. So kind of, kind of frustrating there. But um, one other thing I wanted to mention as well, because I saw this one this morning, uh, uh, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas is the first, yeah, Abbott, uh, he's the first to enact an electric vehicle tax. Yeah, because the the logic is, well, if you're an EV, you're not paying for gasoline, and the gasoline tax is how we fund our roads. So this is how we're going to have to do it now. So when you when you buy a new EV in Texas, it's going to cost you a four hundred dollar registration fee, and it's an additional two hundred dollars every year you renew. So uh, yeah, why not change the way you fund your roads? Because it's not about the roads. Yeah. <laughs> it was never about the roads. No. It's that's a lie. It's bullshit. Uh yeah, uh, I I think I think Greg Abbott is firmly out of the presidential chase uh for this mm-hmm. for this coming year. I think uh, so too. Yeah. I, I he at least is smart enough to know he'd get killed. I mean not yeah. literally killed. Get electorally killed. God, we could only hope. Uh the GOP primary gladiator style, I'm in. Yeah. Like I will pay for tickets to go. I let's go. I'm down. Whoever wins whoever wins gets the ticket revenue for their campaign. I, I don't care. Yeah, he probably put some sort of spear attachment on his wheelchair and like <laughs> You know, like like in Ben Hur with the spikes. And it's wheels from the top rope. <laughs> How did he even get up there, Jim? I don't know, Bob. That's how good he is. Thrones. No, it's it's a nightmare. Um, but yeah, it, it, totally ridiculous. Um, I th- I think are we at well done's? Are we think we're at well done's here? I'm good with well done's. I okay. think we've covered covered. Uh, that's most too. of the news. I think that was most of the news for the week. So, uh, artist, did you have any well done's? Well uh, not that I can think of. Okay, well, yeah, I, Canadian now. We'll go back and forth. What well you got? Um, this one is well done with, with a caveat. Ah. Um, researchers have been studying how to interpret uh, the blood flow in people's brains hmm. as they try to make words. And they've had a lot of success. Basically, the idea is you've got people who are paralyzed and can't speak or have brain injury and can't speak, but they think so they play podcasts and they listen to the words and they do MRI scans of the blood flow as all these words. And then they watch movies and have them think about the movie and then they read what they're seeing. And they pretty much, they can't do word for word, but they can understand the concept of what they're thinking, right? Like this is beautiful. There's two kids on the screen, that kind of thing. So they can actually read people's minds. Huh? with these models in, in the, if you have an MRI of their minds. So, so technologically it allows people who cannot communicate to now communicate. Amazing. So you spend an hour in the MRI and you think about your loved ones and all the things you want and get some information of what you've got. Cool. Um, Which is great. The problem is imagine that used for evil. 
and now you've got a well out the secrets, Mister Bond. Oh, I see. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if if it requires sitting in an MRI for an hour, all you got to do is just kind of wiggle every ten minutes. Right. Well, what they said is 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 they you can foil it with their current models by just thinking of random words. Oh, there right. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Think but a bunch of times. But 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 boop 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 blah 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 blah. And yeah. it, they won't be able to figure anything We're out. We're noticing activity in the erogenous zones and we're not sure why, because we asked them about his mother. <laughs> because they played it on the conscious reading of it, so it's what your conscious mind anyway. Sure, sure. But no, that's that's hella cool though. It's application of evil, but it's 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 pretty cool. Mr. Um, Bond, we have determined that the launch codes are I like big bots, and I cannot lie. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Amazing. That's the same color com- combination of my luggage. Um, <laughs> it randomly changed the combination of my luggage. Oh, boy. Um, oh, 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 okay. So I have a number of well-dones that are all phenomenal. Uh, I want to give it... Uh, uh, a shout out to the Republicans who have been trying to investigate Joe Biden for doing illegal things that he hasn't done because they have admitted publicly that the key informant in their case against the Biden administration is missing. Yeah. Oops. To have you checked under the bed. I don't like. (laughs) I didn't think that was wrong. Miss Singh. Yeah. 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 Miss Singh. Yeah. Uh, key informant Miss Singh, uh, and it's it's crazy. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, we've also got oh boy, what did I just do? Uh, nope, that's fine. We've also got uh, oh 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 oh. How did we miss this one, you guys? Rudy Giuliani <laughs> has said. Not publicly, but I believe some either. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a former aide of Rudy Giuliani has claimed they were in the room when he said that he and President Trump were selling pardons for two yeah. million dollars. Yeah. And what's Amazing. interesting about that is that Amazing. number two million. Yeah. Came up with interviewing other people. Really. Yeah, I was trying to get a pardon. They said two million, and but you know, it's just it's other people who were doing this. The number, so there's like number two million of nothing. That number has come up before. Come up a bunch of times. Yeah. Wow. Oh no. So yeah. what are they two million dollars short on? Is what I'm wondering. No, no, that's just the cost of a pardon. That's, oh that's, no, 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 I'm just talking about like the, the Trump. The Trump grift is like. They're charging two million for a reason. No, he stole. Otherwise, they wouldn't even be doing it. He stole three hundred million from his his voters. Like they don't care. It's no, it's no. it's the it's the endless pursuit of ever more money. That's all. Um, what I, I give a quick, he, he owed a quick, Vlad uh, money. A quick shout out to Latino truckers who were refusing mm-hmm. to deliver things to the state of Florida yes. because of our immigration laws. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. I love it. Um, also, a quick shout-out to Joe Burrow, former Ohio State, former LSU, now Cincinnati quarterback, who has covered the mental health expenses for the Cincinnati Children's Hospital for 20 families. Um, nice. Yeah, not, not a big number, but really cool. Uh, he hey, he has, didn't have to do yeah, exactly. Not a thing he needed to do. Uh, he truly has a heart of gold. Uh, really cool guy, and he... he went to where he did in the NFL because he got drafted, but also because that's where he's from. 
he knows how bad things are in Ohio and he wants to help. Uh, yeah. So that's and really Ohio cool. Needs mental health, trust me. Mm-hmm. And speaking of mental health, Lauren Boebert has filed for divorce. No, but shouldn't, didn't she say women should just stick it out and no, no, obey? chase Jesus and your husband will chase you. Yeah. The yeah, problem but, is she forgot to mention that he's chasing you with a bat. Oh, um, no. He's also chasing other women who embrace Jesus. Uh, apparently, uh, Lauren Boebert's husband has a history of violence and mm-hmm. anger management issues. So yeah, I do wish her and her children the best of luck in do. getting out of a dangerous situation. But also, yeah. ha-ha! Um, <laughs> I, I just I just wonder when Ted Cruz is going to get divorced now. <laughs> well, speculation. No, he, There's fan fiction to be written. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, he won't get divorced because in Texas they're probably banning no clause divorces or whatever it is. No cause divorces, so his wife will never be able to leave. Uh, but they're yeah. getting a new nanny. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, also, Lauren Bobert. I have a I have a well done. Yes, this, this is a science well done. Oh, good. There are these objects in space. Yeah. Um, called quasars. Are they identified? Yes. Okay. They're called quasars, and they are the brightest things in our sky. Cool. They, however, don't emit emit visible light. It's all X rays, but they are brighter than galaxies. Really? For for many seventy years since we first found them. Um, nobody had any idea how these things came about. Because how do you do that? And the researchers have discovered or come up with a, a evidence that they are formed when galaxies collide. Something about the black holes at the center of the galaxy, they, they emit energy and blow gas away from the center. And when the, when the galaxies collide, all that gas gets crushed together and That's creates sick. quakes. That's it. Apparently, a quasar is is a variation of a supermassive black hole, right? Um, which is awesome. Right. Yeah, that's so cool. So, yeah, black holes yeah. are crazy. Like everyone talks about, you know, they just suck everything in. They suck in mass and matter and and energy and radiation, all this stuff. But they do emit X rays. Uh, yeah. So it makes sense if they are as big as that, you know, multi galaxy collisions. Then it would make sense that they emit yeah. massive amounts of X rays. Yeah. And and you know, it, there's other other things called pulsars, which are essentially, I think, quasars that are spinning. And I thought it was a star. Not no, a black they hole. pulse. Might be a neutron star that's spinning. One of yeah, those ne- neutron stars spin hella fast. Yeah, and they they emit at the poles. So the pulsar is every time a pole comes in our uh, direction, we get a pulse, and then it's stark. Then it's a pulse. Then so it's so a pulsar is a is a magnetized rotating neutron star. Uh, right, yeah. that spins and shoots stuff at us every now and then. <laughs> pew, 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 yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It makes little cute noises, too. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, so that's crazy cool stuff. Uh, is that is that James Webb Space Telescope stuff? No, this is just research on, on uh, you know, data that they've been collecting for years. Nice, nice. So, something they noticed in the sampling of data. Something... Yeah. Every place there was one of these pulsars, they realized this event had happened. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Is that uh, any other well-dones? 
Negative. That's all I have. Got it. Okay. Well, um, in that case, thank you all so much for joining us this week, and thank you for listening and, and commenting. Um, as always, we are live on Facebook every Friday night at OMR Podcast. Uh, you can find the show anywhere fine co- podcasts are distributed. We got Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google. Uh, your random podcatcher of choice. We are there. And uh, if you're cheap and or you want the best possible quality, onemanrevolution.org. We have every uh, episode's audio in full high quality available for download for free with no ads of any kind. Um, With that, uh, the revolutionary being gone, I'm the comrade. I'm the Canadian. And I am no longer muted, uh, the artist. (laughs) And uh, with that, we say uh, enjoy prison, George Santos.